Hey, everybody, a very important conversation. Letter to the American Church.com. Letter to the American Church.com. You've got to check it out right now uh, with Eric Metaxas. We at TPUSA Faith help make this possible. It's amazing. Go to Letter to the American Church.com. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. That's freedom at charliekirk.com and get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Check it out today at tpusa.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is a very serious man, deep thinker, philosopher for the ages. He will go down in the pantheon of great thinkers of Aristotle, Socrates, Metaxas. And he joins us now. Mr. Metaxas, I was thinking of you the other day when they were saying that Watley might become RNC chair. I said, Watley, the dentist from Seinfeld, is going to become the RNC chair? Oh, my gosh. We're going there. You're an anti-dentite. Listen, it's good to be with you, Charlie. Uh, you are in the film we're going to talk about, Letter to the American Church. I, I got to tell you, I'm very excited about this because... It gives me hope for America. So let's start with the trailer. It's amazing, by the way. Eric, you deserve great praise. This book, Letter to the American Church, such a beautiful contribution. I mean this non-sarcastically. is unbelievable. And we talked and some things happened, and now it's a movie. And yada, 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 it's now a movie. And it's this amazing film. Let's play the trailer, Eric. It's really great. And we're honored at TPUSA Faith to help, do, you know, help bring this to fruition. Let's play to cut 52. I'm convinced that the American church has arrived at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. Churches need to understand really what Marxism is, which is to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. Christianity is not just about saying Jesus loves you and then going to heaven one day, but that there's a war that's raging. The church is weakening, which is why Marxism is ascendant in America today. This is the hour of the American church. So huge news, everybody. This is now a motion picture film. 
So, Eric, just before I forget, how can people watch it? We'll plug this throughout the hour together, but I want to make sure we repeat that. The main thing people can do and should do is go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. If you go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, everything is there. We're hoping that people do free screenings in their churches. And I say, if your church is not interested in a free screening, why are you interested in that church? Um, But uh, it's on Epic TV, but everything is available. If you go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, everything is there, including a list of the free screenings in churches. Uh, I'm excited about this, Charlie. You know, you, you say it's a film. I wrote a book. I didn't make this film. The people who made this film made an amazing film. This is not another conservative documentary. It's so well made. It's gripping. It's just beautifully done. I think it sets the bar higher for films of this kind. But this is not about a film. This is about a movement to save America for God's purposes. And the church needs to get involved. Most of the church is still playing church, just as the German church was playing church, thinking, you know what, we don't want to get involved. Well, God will judge you for looking the other way when evil is rising. Uh, It is the the job of the church first to be the conscience of the state. And if you're going to a church that doesn't get that, I I would get out of that church. So, yeah, let's, let's take a step back and tell the story here. So one of the main contentions that you write in the book and that is highlighted in the film is the eerie parallels and symmetry, and you're uniquely positioned. Uh, you wrote the most popular, one of the most popular books of the last decade, the Bonhoeffer book. It's over a million copies sold. Is that right, Eric? Am I, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, and it's been translated into to 20 languages. Uh, there's a Bonhoeffer film coming out in November. Uh, Angel Studios will be distributing it. But the reason for the popularity of my Bonhoeffer book is because you, you read a true story. I mean, it's not like I made it up. It's a true story of a man who saw what was happening in the church in Germany and tried desperately, like a prophetic voice, to wake up the church and to say to the church, church, it is your job to speak against this evil, to stand against this evil, to act against this evil. You need to put your faith into action now. If you do it now, we can defeat the Nazis. And most in the church at that time said, you know what? Nah, we're we're going to take a pass. We're going to we're going to take this kind of safe third way. We're just going to stay neutral. They didn't realize that by sitting on the fence, uh, the devil owns the fence and he loves you when you sit on the fence in a, in a church and you kind of think we're safe. We're just doing the religious thing. We're just doing church. And we know what happened. It was like a nightmare. Most of us can't even look at what happened in the death camps. It's so evil. It happened because of the silence and inaction of many good Christians who got it wrong. And my contention is that that is precisely where the American church is. The parallels really are eerie because the German church was convinced that 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 evil could not happen in Germany. They were convinced. They would have done something if they knew where it was going, but they were simply convinced, how bad can it get? I think there are many Americans that just feel like, you know what, I, I don't need to do anything. I think it'll resolve itself. You know, the pendulum swings both ways. They, they, they don't seem to understand that the pendulum swings to the death camps, to the murder of millions, to the demonization of groups. Uh, you know, right now it's, it's Jews, uh, uh, patriotic Americans, uh, MAGA movement people, uh, serious Christians are being demonized. If you're not involved in the fight against that, you're part of that problem. And so it's a, it's kind of a chilling thing to think about that we're, we're here now. So Eric, I, I'm going to ma- say what you just said differently, which needs to be repeated. Are you saying that Christians were partially to blame 
for the Holocaust because they did nothing. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they were absolutely, totally to blame for the Holocaust. Think of this. If you are a Christian, you don't have any excuse. You, you claim that you believe Jesus defeated death on the cross so I can live out my faith and I can speak the truth without fear. People in countries uh, you know, for, for, for two millennia and around the world today are living their faith out, risking their lives. Why would it be okay when God calls you to risk your life to, or, or at least to speak up, to risk your job, uh, you know, to, to be silent? Well, the, 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 the American church is being silent today. And I'm saying without a doubt, Bonhoeffer was saying to the German church, you are responsible for what happens in this in this country and and charlie there's no doubt in my mind i mean it's simply not really arguable if the german church had spoken up and again some did the numbers are in the film and in my book there are about eighteen thousand lutheran pastors eighteen thousand three thousand were heroic three thousand were totally pro-nazi totally evil totally in bed with you know it's kind of like in bed with woke ideology 100 percent you know, in bed with transgender lunacy. You, you, you put those churches to the side. In the middle, 12,000 German pastors who said, we're going to stay neutral. We're going to do nothing. We don't want to be with those hotheads over there that, that say we need to stand against the Nazis. We're just going to stay right here where it's safe. There is no doubt that if any number of those, quote unquote, in the middle had done something, the nightmare of the death camps could have been averted. I mean, that, that's why Bonhoeffer was so vocal, because he knew that the church was the only uh, institution in Germany that had the cultural power to stand against the Nazis. If they had done it, especially in the beginning, it would have been a different story, dramatically different story. Because we, we think of the Nazis, we think of the death camps right away. None of that happened till the 40s, the death camps. The, the, you know, the final solution, it was that the last years of the war all of that could have been avoided, averted, avoided in 1933-34. That's when the church had a chance to do something. And by dithering and saying, not our job, not our job, just going to stay in our lane, just going to do church, just going to preach the gospel. Because of that, the Nazis were able to seize control. And when the church finally began to wake up, it was too late. That's where we are in America. This is a deeply profound point that we're going to build out, Eric, which is evil is ever present in our world. And when we look at who to blame, if Christians are around, it's the Christian to blame if they don't stand against the evil. And that's a different, that's a different attitude that you don't hear because people will say, well, the Holocaust, who's to blame? Obviously, the Nazis were the ones that did the evil. But who were the ones that had power, that knew better, that sat on the sidelines, refereed it, and turned the other way? Can you elaborate on that? Because that is an attitude that most Christians don't have in the West today. They say, well, evil is evil, not my problem as a Christian. Rarely in the counting or the telling or the teaching of the Holocaust, which resulted in millions and millions and millions of people dead, which remember, lots of Christians died in the Holocaust too. This is very important that there were a lot of people that were killed in the Holocaust. And so, so Eric, it's the Christians that should be blamed if they do nothing. That is the attitude we must have. Well, my my point, I mean, first of all, that's how Bonhoeffer saw it. Like he said, look, uh, I don't know what to tell my pagan neighbor who believes nothing, but if you're a Christian, uh, you dare to call yourself a Christian. It means you believe Jesus defeated death on the cross, and he has come to live inside you to give you the power uh, to live 
the way he wants you to live, to say what you want to say. And if you don't do that, it proves you don't actually believe that. So Bonhoeffer's point, he always talked about cheap grace because it's kind of like when people throw around the term, uh, in Germany, they would throw around the term grace. We're all under grace, effectively meaning we don't need to do anything. We're all under grace. Today, people say like, doesn't matter what I do. I believe I'm saved by faith. And I think, yeah, okay. And it's kind of what Bonhoeffer said. Yeah, you're saved by faith. You better be sure it's real faith. And the scripture says faith without works is dead. So if you're not living heroically, if you're not living courageously uh, in, in into your what you claim your faith stands for, then it's obviously you don't really believe what you claim to believe. And that's the shock is that people act like, well, it's faith, it's faith. Yes, it is. But is your faith real or is it some intellectual construct that you don't actually believe? Because, you know, the word faith is sort of a, a bad translation. It's almost like trust would be better, right? If I trust in God genuinely, then I'm going to live. People are going to look at me and they're going to see he, he trusts in God. His, he knows that his, his job, his life, his career, everything is from God. It's, uh, he, he can trust God with his job. He can trust God with his career. He can trust God with his family. All he has to do is worry about what God wants him to do. But if you don't really believe that God's going to intervene. If you don't really believe your your the gift of of the job that you have comes from God, uh, you're going to say, "Well, uh, maybe I need to disobey God in this small thing because I need that job." And that's what many Germans did who called themselves Christians. And Bonhoeffer knew that this was the time. This was the test for German Christians. Do you actually believe what you claim to believe, or are you simply playing church? Are you simply going to that building and doing church but not being the church? He he knew. Uh, that this was real. And look, it's just like today, Charlie, people say, well, I don't want to be political. They have this idea, which is a lie, completely unbiblical. It's a lie that I'm not supposed to be political. And you think, well, what world do you live in? If slavery is on the ballot, um, what do you think? You think God has an opinion on slavery? Yes, he does. And he expects those who love him to vote that way, to advocate for Abraham Lincoln uh, versus his opponent. And you know, there were many even then who said like, well, no, we don't, we don't do politics. We just do church. God will judge us. We have to live out our faith. And right now, um, you know, listen, the election that's coming up, uh, if the church of Jesus Christ would vote for the right candidate and advocate for the right candidate, guess what? We will have freedom. We will drain the deep state. We will uh, change the corrupt culture of Washington. All of that stuff depends on the church being the church. But if the church says, no, that's not my job. We're just going to, I just go to that building on, on Sunday morning and I have these thoughts in my head and I don't have to live out my faith. Scripture commands us to love our neighbor. If you don't advocate for the best candidate and, and if you don't get involved in that, you're effectively saying, you know what? I don't care about my neighbor that much. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here from the New York Times bestselling author Eric Metaxas comes a riveting new film, Letter to the American Church. The film explores the parallels between 1930s Nazi Germany, Mao and Stalin regimes, and the infiltration of cultural Marxism in America today. The church's decision to stay out of politics undermines the very message of the gospel and its power to transform human existence. Metaxas issues an urgent call to the church, stay silent and abandon the mission of proclaiming liberty or stand up to the forces of evil. Join Eric and me and many others in the film as we explain how America and the church are at the precipice of destruction and the need to wake up and take action. Do not miss this film. Stream it February 8th on Epoch TV as part of Epoch Times. 
visit lettertotheamericanchurch.com. That is lettertotheamericanchurch.com. It's very well produced. It's terrific. It's Letter to the American Church. We confront wokeism. We confront critical race theory. And we talk about what you, the believer, can do. Go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com for more information. Eric, some Christians will say, but it's just not morally clear which side is which, and how dare you compare the atrocities of the Holocaust versus what we're living through now? How dare you, as Greta well, Thunberg that, said? I mean, look, that, that's exactly the point. In 1933 and 34, the Holocaust was, you know, a dist- it was so distant, frankly, no one could see it. So what I'm talking about is what led to the Holocaust, so if you go back to Germany in 33 and 34, as the Nazis are rising, Bonhoeffer was saying, okay, church, if you stand now with everything you have, if you fight with everything you have and speak out and do what you can, we have a chance to avert a nightmare, which is down the road. And most people said, what nightmare? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? We now know what nightmare ensued from the inaction of the church in those early years. And I really believe that's where we are now. We're there now. There's not a Holocaust in a year, but if we do nothing, uh, if we lose an election to uh, a compromised, corrupt administration, to a deep state that weaponizes uh, our tax dollars against patriots, I mean, if we do nothing down the road, uh, we're going to approach a kind of a a globalist regime. It's going to look more like uh, communist China. And if you play ball, you'll be okay. But if you dare to dissent, you will be crushed. We know in China today that, you know, if you're a Uyghur Muslim or you're anybody that dissents from the regime, you'll be put in a concentration camp and they will harvest your organs. I mean, this is happening now. And so the idea that that could never happen in America is simply preposterous. Uh, And that's why I really believe, you know, Bonhoeffer's message to the German church, it is just shockingly appropriate today. And look, you and I are aware of pastors and churches that are either turning a blind eye to all this stuff. They just want to do church. They, they want to pretend it's 1985. We don't need to think about this stuff. Um, or there are Christian leaders advocating for the church's silence on these things. Uh, don't, you know, don't celebrate if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Don't uh, tell your congregation they need to protest drag queen story hour. They need to protest transgender lunacy in the public schools. That is happening today. And so the question is to people listening, are you going to a church like that? Uh, Do you know people going to church like that? Do you think God gives you a pass? He didn't give the German church a pass. I mean, what happened was directly as a result of their inaction. I mean, that's absolutely where we are. And we, we probably have a year to do something about this. That's the thing. The window is closing. This is not like, oh, we'll see what happens in five years. Uh, we are really where the church was in 33 and 34 in Germany. And by 35, it was effectively over. The Nazis had won. So, so Eric, the, the objection that some will say is they'll say that you're a Christian nationalist, Eric. You're a Christian nationalist. <laughs> right. Yeah, sticks and stones can break my bones. Uh, honestly, that term, Christian nationalist, it's a completely made up BS term. It is an absolute, when somebody calls you a Christian nationalist, laugh in their face and leave the room. Do not engage because these people, they, they don't even have uh, any argument. It's just a way and it works. This is what's so amazing is all you need to do is call somebody a racist 
call somebody a transphobe, call somebody a Christian nationalist, say, oh, you just care about politics. You don't care. All people need to do is say that. And many Christians just fold up and it's game over. They don't, they're not going to, that's all you need to do. And I just laugh that the people have invented the term Christian. You know who's a Christian nationalist? George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Ronald Reagan. Like, are, are these like devils or were these the greatest presidents we ever had? These were the greatest presidents we ever had. It's just a preposterous term designed to silence the church. And why do people want to silence the church? They want to silence the voice of God. And the church is supposed to be giving voice to what God is saying in each generation. So it's it's up to the church right now. Are we going to let terms like Christian nationalism silence us? I mean, it's it's preposterous, but that's where we are. Everybody should check out the website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. That is lettertotheamericanchurch.com. I'm in the film, uh, Dr. James Lindsay, obviously Eric, uh, Rob McCoy, Seth Gruber, David Engelhart, Victor Marks, Eileen Marks, Amon Chukwu, uh, Pastor John Amon Chukwu. It's a terrific movie, Letter to the American Church, and we want to do screenings all across the country. We want to bring this to lots of different churches. This needs to be a wake-up call, an alarm bell, fire alarm for the American church. There's no more excuses. This is the time, the time to stand and be strong and courageous. So Eric, there is a concerted effort to push this term Christian nationalist. I'm going to play this tape here from Rob Reiner, who is pushing this. Uh, Let's play cut 54. America and Christianity are like baseball and apple pie, and we celebrate them together. I was 16, 17 years old when I became a Christian. I'm an evangelical minister. I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm a Christian nationalist. I have nothing to be ashamed of because that's what most Americans are. Is Christian nationalism Christian? Um, no, it isn't. We should be blazing forth as a countercultural example, and instead, we're leading the charge of malice and division. Christian nationalism uses Christianity as a means to an end, that end being some form of authoritarianism. God is on our side! We're taking our nation back! The thing that keeps me up at night is that we lose democracy. Does that seem possible? Yes. So, Eric, there's a lot of elements there. First of all, Rob Reiner is a bad dude. He's a left-wing activist. I don't think he's a believer. I want your take on Russell Moore. What is Russell Moore doing in a film like that? What he's doing, he's espousing what he believes in, which is utterly wrong. Listen, it's heartbreaking. You know, four years ago, I would have thought these people were my friends and allies. I mean, we saw Phil Vischer in there. He founded VeggieTales. They are allying themselves with left-wing Marxist atheist doctrine, maybe they're aware of it, maybe they're not, but that's what they're doing. And they're demonizing anyone who has a robust biblical worldview. They're simply, they're simply making statements like they say, uh, Christian nationalism, that's not Christian. Explain to me what's not Christian about loving America. It is simply preposterous. I think a loud horse laugh is like the best response. I mean, we can talk and talk, but when somebody says something deeply idiotic, I don't think it warrants a response. And that film is designed to silence the voice of the church in America. And a lot of people will go along with it. I mean, look, Sky Jathani, Phil Vischer, David French, Russell Moore, they're aligning themselves with somebody 
like Rob Reiner, who is 1,000% pro-abortion, who is 1,000% anti-family, anti-American values, uh, anti-constitution. I mean, he's got a globalist Marxist worldview, and he's entitled to it. But the idea that Christians would be helping him to make a film which is effectively about silencing the church. Let's be real clear. People wanted to silence William Wilberforce, okay? I wrote a book called Amazing Grace, a biography of William Wilberforce. Because of his faith in Jesus, he said, I need to lead the battle to end the slave trade in the British Empire. He didn't say, my newfound faith in Jesus means I shouldn't be political. He said, my newfound faith in Jesus means I need to take my biblical faith into the marketplace. And guess what? I'm a politician. I'm a member of parliament. I'm going to use politics to try to uh, undo the nightmare of slavery and the slave trade. And how many deluded pseudo-Christians in his day said, oh, you're not supposed to mix faith and politics. Okay, so I guess then you're supposed to allow people, human beings, uh, to suffer at the hands of their uh, slave masters. The idea, it's so ridiculous. And so when I see a film like that, I just think, is that all it takes to silence people? Just like a, a, a film with some people sounding like they know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know history. And it's utterly shameful uh, that, they're, that they're doing this. People, human beings are going to suffer if that worldview wins. That is cultural Marxism. It is anti-church, anti-gospel. It is anti-all that. So the fact that Russell Moore and company would be so deluded as to really believe that if you care about your country, if you love America, you know, you're some chest thumping uh, monster, you're scary, you should just care about biblical values. I mean, one thing I got to say, Charlie, is like the lie that you have to choose between, are you about the kingdom of God or are you about, are you about America? That's just, it's like saying, do you love Jesus or do you love your family? Which is it? You have to choose. That's exactly that's ridiculous. Right. That, that's, My, a, that's such a good response. That's exactly right. It's it's almost funny that they that but it works. They say that. They they're actually saying, I mean, for, for the whole history of our country, people knew that if I love God, I will love America. Why? Because America uh, puts forth uh, maybe may flawed, but the best version uh of the possibility of being free, having uh, religious freedom, spreading the gospel. Hey there, have you taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything seems fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding a mess of broken wires and parts. The parts are loans for homes, cars, and those credit cards that we all use, and they're hitting record highs. It's kind of scary when you think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny 5% return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. They're like a friend who knows all about keeping your money safe. They suggest gold and silver, oldies but goodies in the finance world. Plus, they've got a sweet deal, a free one-fourth of an ounce gold standard gold coin this month. If you qualify, it's pretty cool, right? If you're curious, just give them a call at 877-646-5347. It's just the chat, no pressure. They'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Or visit noblegoldinvestments.com or take the first step towards a safer financial future. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. noblegoldinvestments.com. They'll help you find out if gold and silver are the right next step for you. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. But Eric, it does represent a challenge. And just help me understand, what is the motivation or the intention, Russell Moore in particular? He's always called himself a Christian. He calls himself a theologian. Does he really want to be liked by 
the secular, you know, trans zealots this bad. Yeah. I'm asking you to speculate here, Eric, because that, you no, no, I, no. I I do the same thing on my own program. I try to try to fathom what's behind somebody taking these stances, and and I have conversations about this. And I think, look, I think it's a combination of things. I think these people are genuinely deluded. They actually believe. Uh, in much of what they're saying. And and here's the thing, Charlie, is that, you know, if somebody's paying you a lot of money, uh, it makes it easier to kind of go along with an idea that maybe would not be easy to go along with. If somebody is giving you saying, you know what, if you play by the rules, you'll get published in the New York Times. You'll be respected. You'll hang out with the, you know, the cool crowd. These people um, have have basically sold their soul uh, for this status among the cultural elites. And and I'm sure many of them are unaware of it. And they kind of think, well, yeah, all my friends think the way I do. But these are cultural elites. They're out of touch with middle America. They have disdain uh, for working class Americans. I was raised in a working class home. And I got to tell you, when when they started to demonize Trump and his supporters as racists, that's when I I got triggered. I said, you know what? I'm not going to I, I, God forbid I would go along with this. This is despicable. And all of these evangelical leaders that we're talking about and many more, Andy Stanley and many others, they really uh, have a contempt for uh, middle America. They want to be uh, among the elite, among the cool. And, you know, if you want to be in those groups, you're going to have to change what you believe. If you believe the unborn are made in the image of God, you're going to have problems hanging out with those people. They have a problem with that. If you believe God has a biblical view of the Lord compels us to have a biblical view of marriage, a biblical view of sexuality, that's going to make you uncool in some circles. So you're going to have to some find some ways. And that's basically what they're doing. They're basically saying, well, we don't, we don't do politics. We don't get involved in that stuff. That's one way uh, to sort of have this kind of plausible deniability. Like I'm a Christian, but I'm not like those vulgar Christians like Eric Metaxas and Charlie Kirk. I'm, I'm different. I'm more sophisticated. And you know what? There were people like that existing in Germany in the 30s. They basically said, well, look, we're going to make our peace with Hitler. We're going to get something out of this. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my job. Uh, I'll get a promotion. And you know what? It'll, it'll all turn out well in the end. And what we found out it didn't turn out well in the end. Many of those people committed suicide when it was all over, when they saw what their inaction had done, going along with things. And then suddenly they thought, oh, no, what have I done? So this is to me a wake up call for anybody listening. You call yourself a Christian. Beware, because we are going dramatically in the same direction. If you don't stand now, there will be a time soon when whatever you say doesn't matter. It's going to be over the left, the Marxist uh atheist left is gaining power every day and the church is allowing it to happen if the church doesn't do something about it god will hold us responsible and another one of these individuals is tim alberta have you have you seen his work recently i well oh yeah it's 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 i mean look you could argue that my book letter to the american church and the film letter to the american church uh, are the reason that tim alberta and Rob Reiner are doing what they're doing. They're presenting the exact opposite view of things and trying to get churches that are a little confused to stop being political. And I'm saying exactly the opposite. God commands us to be political. But Tim Alberta and others, I mean, that's a very popular book right now. And it grieves me, you know, to see it on the bestseller list that there are people drinking this Kool-Aid, being fooled by this, not having the ability to see that what they're reading is simply wrong. 
I don't know Tim Alberta's heart. I don't know Russell Moore's heart, but what they're saying is wrong and the results will be disastrous. And I guarantee you there were many good Christians in Germany in the 30s who they were not on the same page as Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but they were not evil. They were not aware that what they were doing by trying to sort of be neutral or I don't want to be like perceived like Bonhoeffer and those other hotheads. I'm going to stay right here and be sophisticated and everything will be fine. They honestly had no idea. And I think there are many today. I, I, I believe they have no idea what they're saying not only is wrong, but it is opening the door to hell on earth. That's what happened in Germany. It took time. It didn't happen right away. It took time. But we see it right now. The rudiments are there. The transgender lunacy, the sexualization of children, open borders. My God, who in the world doesn't see that that is lunacy? That is the end of American sovereignty. It will be the end of America. If you're not standing against these things, you know, you don't need to be a Christian to see the lunacy. But if you are a Christian, you ought to have the courage to stand against lunacy. It's why we made the film Letter to the American Church to, to try to get people awake now, not in three years, it'll be too late. Eric, uh, again, the, the website is lettertotheamericanchurch.com, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Can, I'm going to read an email from one of our listeners here, uh, and it's all about uh, this topic. Charlie, uh, we have an amazing uh, pastor son-in-law, but he leaves politics out of his pulpit because, quote, millennials don't want anything to do with politics. We want to see them saved. Yeah. My reply is, well, your church is gone. When your church is gone, then what? How would you respond to that, Eric? I have very strong opinions there, but I, I want yeah. your response. Well, I mean, first of all, I got to say it's pathetic because how is this pastor a good pastor? I want to be real clear. Th- th- this is the irony, Charlie, is that if you speak about stuff that matters, if you dare to be courageous, that actually is perceived as cool by a lot of people. People go, well, that is cool, man. He's saying what he believes. Uh, maybe I don't agree with it, but that's interesting. I appreciate his heart. I appreciate his courage. The irony is that all the pastors that are trying to appeal to the millennials, uh, you know, getting like a, a cool tattoo or, or I mean, whatever, the, wearing their ripped jeans. It's like, look, here's the issue. If, if you are brave and you stand up, genuinely stand up for people whose lives are being destroyed by transgender lunacy, by open borders, by fentanyl pouring into the country, uh, by by a corrupt monster named Joe Biden and his administration. I mean, the point is, if you actually care about working class Americans and you speak about it and try to help people understand that biblical values stand against this, you're going to attract more millennials than you're going to repel. And by the way, some people need to be repelled at some point. Some people need to see this is what the Bible teaches. And if God wants them to come back, they'll come back. But this idea that, well, we got them on the hook. They're kind of showing up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the hour is late. And the idea that we just want to have a church full of, you know, bubbleheads who do not understand that there is evil around us, you know, cool young pastor, God will judge you for that. And it's a scary thing, but I say it because I I want people to understand that this is not, you know, what we're talking about really concerns truth. We're talking about truth and people act like, well, there's this religious Forget about religious. It's just about truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We're supposed to speak the truth. We're not supposed to be afraid to speak the truth. And so this calculation that I want to keep you know, people in the seats and I don't want to be political. Now, look, not everybody is going to be political the way you are or the way I am. But the point is, this is about reality and truth, not about politics. And if you don't see that lives are being destroyed 
by the transgender madness, by critical race theory. In the film, we talk a lot about James Lindsay talks about critical race theory. All of this stuff is pernicious, evil, atheistic. If you don't understand that this is harming human beings and you don't care about those human beings, I just kind of want to know what Bible you're reading or what God you think is going to honor your silence and your inaction. He didn't honor it uh, in Germany in the 30s. They had all kinds of plausible reasons for doing nothing. But in the end, they realized, well, yeah, I wish I wish I had known where this was going. And so that's the reason we made the film letter to the American church, because I, I think there's some people who genuinely don't know where it's going. They don't know that God is a judge. He's expecting us to, to speak up for truth and reality right now. And what, whether it's political or not, that's, that's kind of a separate issue. It's about truth. Are you ready to lose weight but not sure where to start? I understand. I was right where you are two years ago. Let me tell you why I chose the PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition Program. First, Dr. Ashley Lucas has her PhD in chronic disease and sports nutrition. Her program is based on years of research and is science-based. Second, the PhD program starts in nutrition. There is so much more. They know that 90% of permanent change comes from the mind, and they work on eliminating the reason you gain this weight in the first place. There's no shortcuts, pills, or injections, just solid science-based nutrition and behavior change. And finally, a probably most importantly, I lost 30 pounds. Look, they're amazing. If you want to lose weight, you got to go to myphdweightloss.com. I was just texting with Dr. Ashley Lucas today. If you're ready to lose weight for the last time, call 864-644-1900. Go online at myphdweightloss.com. Do what I did and what hundreds of my listeners have done and call today, 864-644-1900. I recommend their program. Dr. Ashley Lucas has her PhD in chronic disease and sports nutrition. Her program is based on years of research and is science-based. Second, the PhD program starts with nutrition, but it's so much more. Go to myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com. Call 864-644-1900. I lost over 30 pounds. Dr. Ashley Lucas, great American. Check it out, myphdweightloss.com. Letter to the American church.com. They're, they're doing a whole media tour. Cut 56. Rob Reiner says Christian nationalists are responsible for January 6th. Play cut 56. But I think for me, what was so new about what you did was the notion of nationalism and particularly how that really was on display at the insurrection at the Capitol. Yes. Well, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is that it, you know, they, 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 they go into the guise of a religious movement, but it really isn't. It's a political movement. It's all about gaining power. It's all about uh, forcing your way of thinking on, on others. And we're not saying that every person who stormed the Capitol was a Christian nationalist, but it was the foundation mm -hmm. for uh, the movement on January 6th. We, we know what this is, Eric. They're trying to lay a foundation to spy on us, to potentially treat us as if, well, you tell us, Eric. I mean, if you're listening to Christian Amanpour uh, or Mike uh, Meathead Stivic, I'm sorry, Rob Reiner, if you're listening to them, I just want to know what world you live in, because there are plenty of people I know that they're, they're listening to those voices, and it's all plausible. Here's the problem. It's wrong. Uh, what happened on January 6th wasn't the work of Christian nationalists. Uh, it was the work of Nancy Pelosi and, and, a, and a, a weaponized FBI and a deep state, people who hate actual elections who hate Trump voters and who are convinced that they have the ability to do anything they can to crush those voices, to crush the voice and the, the presence of Donald Trump and the people who support him, basically to subvert democracy. Think of the irony. That's exactly what they're doing. And they kind of act like, oh, it's those Christian nationalists who 
let me tell you, folks, uh, I don't believe in corrupt elections. I don't believe in winning elections by being corrupt or lying or censoring people or knocking people off of social media. But that's what the left does. The left, let's be clear, Charlie, we're talking about biblical values. The left doesn't have any values. Their values are power. And that's where it becomes Marxism, right? They simply believe in power. They don't believe in right or wrong. They believe in winning and crushing those people with whom they disagree. That's right. If you don't have any real values, everybody is Hitler to you. You go, Trump is Hitler. His followers are Hitler. What can we do to crush them? What can we do? Let's think about it. Let's think about how much money we can use, how much power we have to crush them. And they've been trying very, very, very hard. And the only good news is it is waking people up who otherwise would still be sleepwalking. But there's still plenty, especially in pulpits, that are sleepwalking. And we made the film to wake them up by God's grace. Go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. That's lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Eric, let's talk about the election for Christians in this audience that— believe what we say, and there's there's some of them, and I, I was with one last evening, and they just said, Charlie, I really need some prayer of whether or not I'm going to vote for Trump, and I got a little impatient. I said, really? And I, I, I went there, I said, how about this? You vote for Trump, you get a border. He said, okay, that's true. Eric, what is the argument for a Christian out there that takes their faith seriously, that still can't figure out how they should vote in this election? What say you? Yeah, I'll cut to the chase. It's shameful. It's absolutely shameful. Uh, they are really, uh, th- they're sort of embracing ignorance and they don't need to. They can let go of their ignorance and just look at a few basic facts. And I don't care. Look, you could hate Trump. I love Trump, but you could hate him. And you look at what the Biden administration has done. And I don't know what it would take for somebody to say, I don't care if they, whoever they are, because it's not Biden, who's a husk, whoever they are, if they win the White House, the evil that will be unleashed is staggering. If you care about human sex trafficking, if you care about communities across this country, if you care about the whole world, because as America goes, so goes the world, you've got to do something. And so to say that I'm just going to sit back, I mean, this is this lie that I can be neutral. Uh, I won't vote for Trump. Oh, I won't vote for Biden, but I won't vote for Trump. If Biden wins, you voted for him. You allowed that to happen. And that's exactly what the church did in Germany. They said, we're going to take a neutral. We're going to just sit over here. We're not going to choose. When you do that, you enable evil to have the day. You enable evil to take over. That's what happened in Germany. That's what happens in every case. It is what is happening now because of the failure of the nerve of the American church to see what its responsibility is before God and before its fellow man. And so when I when I hear people say like, oh, I don't know if I could vote for Trump, I just want to say it is utterly shameful. And we have a gracious God. Uh, and, and I hope that he gives you grace for what you're doing. But what you're doing is going to harm people that you're commanded to love. Uh, they're all across this country. They're in other countries. Their lives depend on who is in power in this country. And, you know, no, you're not going to vote for Jesus, but I don't know who you think you voted for in the past that was so wonderful. You know, JFK is bringing prostitutes into the White House uh, weekly. Uh, Every president, you know, has flaws. So the idea that you would not vote when things are this crucial, again, I, I, I can just say to my fellow Christians, if you want to do the biblical thing, 
you know, I dare you to watch Letter to the American Church. I dare you to read my book. And I say to people, read my book. There's a study guide. Study it with some people. See what it says. Don't, you know, it's not about uh, being a conservative or being, it's about what does the scripture say? And I'm trying to make the case uh, to those that are on the fence that don't get this, because like your friend, whoever it was that said that, it, it's simply astonishing to me that they don't understand the power that God has given them to live in a free country and to have the ability to vote and to advocate for God's values for everybody, not for your sake, for your own sake, but for everybody. If you don't care about that or you pretend like, well, I don't have any power, I'm just going to I'm just going to avoid it. I'm not going to vote. I just want to say that's frightening to me. It's a frightening level of ignorance, and it's going to lead to a frightening level of evil that we're not going to be able to do anything about it once it has come. We're at that point in this country, Charlie, where uh, it's up to the church now. And again, I really wish I were wrong. I'm afraid I'm not wrong. And, and that's why we, we made the film. Uh, and thank you for your help with it. Letter to the American church.com. Everything is there. Have a free screening at your church, buy a DVD, get involved. Please help wake up those who can still be awakened. There's some people that they don't care, but there are people who they can be made to care, help them to understand their responsibility. It's that simple. Eric Metaxas, you're a great American. You're doing excellent. Proud to call you friend, Charlie. And we're in a, we know we're in a battle. We're in a war. George Washington was in a war. Uh, sometimes you just have to fight and pray and trust yes. God with the results. And if you do nothing, it's on you. Letter to the American church.com. It's a game changer. Eric, God bless. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.